welcome uh, to another episode of uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah Sunday's leftovers uh, here at Faith Community Church. We are so glad that you're tuning in this week, and want to just apologize for uh, missing last week. It was just one of those crazy weeks. I had a sinus infection, and then uh, traveling and mm-hmm. everything happening. So. Uh, we are going to, to catch back up, so you'll see a couple episodes coming out uh, close together. Yeah, here, here in the next couple days, we'll have uh, the couple episodes to make up for last week, and um, and then, of course, our big Holy Week one that'll be coming up here shortly. Right, which uh, is kind of amidst us. If you see our table right now, we've got notebooks with plans and uh, preparation going on. We've got notes for uh, the Palm Sunday sermon coming up and uh, all sorts of things happening, and we're excited about Holy Week. It's just a time to really stop and... Uh, uh, put our whole CPR uh, mm-hmm. attitude into practice, which was the commune to pray and to repent. You know, it's funny you mentioned the whole the CPR thing, and, and we'll pray here in just a second to get it started. But uh, while Don and I have kind of been traveling the last week or so, we actually talked a good bit about that whole CPR thing and kind of making it, besides just a thing that we've seemed to have adopted here at the church as a part of this Lenten season, but I imagine it's probably going to go far beyond sure. this, uh, Donna and I doing it within our family too, making sure yeah. we take time to commune as a family, to pray as a family and to repent as a family as well. It's funny how something that started out kind of just like me and you <laughs> going with some different ideas really turned yeah. into something. And then with the host idea of our, our Holy Week series come alive, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what, what is better than that than to be revived and our physical bodies get revived through an act of CPR. I used to uh, be an EMT, so I remember how important that training was. And I'm a, also an office fan, so I know about staying alive <laughs> and how important that is as well. Uh, but, you know, our spiritual lives uh, need reviving as well. And if you have a hard time getting revived at Easter, then, man. Yeah, definitely. You need to need to reflect on that some. Well, so, will you start us off with a prayer? Yeah, let's pray together. Awesome. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we praise you and thank you for an, another time to be together, God, and, and just to, to to look at your word and, and to dive into what you have for us, uh, Lord, and we just praise you and thank you for everything you have going on in the life of the church. And I mean that uh, the church worldwide with, with so many that are um, uh, a personal friend of mine even that's in the Ukraine right now volunteering with a local church and and uh, helping out there, and and God, for so many that are in so many different places, just uh, lift them up as they come to this time of of resurrection, God, and so many places around this world need to experience that CPR as well, a time to commune, to pray, and repent, a time to revive, and to come alive. God, we thank you for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, that sounded good. (laughs) I don't know if you've been practicing while you're traveling or not, but that sounded well rehearsed. Uh, And so we are going a couple of weeks back to the sermon I did uh, that I affectionately uh, labeled in my notes as a heat check, Um, you know, because I'd been watching some March Madness Mm -hmm. and I I love the the term, you know, they use it in, in basketball, especially where it's like, you, you're on fire, you're in fuego, you can't miss, you know? And, and so somebody would just throw up a ridiculous shot and they're like, oh, here's a heat check to see if they're still on fire. And as we're about, at this time, we were about halfway through the Lenten season. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, it's an important time for us to do a heat check. But 
it was um, a sermon that actually came from a devotion that I did two years ago, right when the pandemic had hit. Mm. And so I had written this devotion, and it was one of my favorite devotions because uh, uh, Dorothy did it with me, and we were outside our home at that time in Albany or Lee County, but Albany, Georgia area. And, you know, it was just looking back is an important thing for us to do and to remember, you know, what God has seen us through and pulled us through and, uh, you know, about the importance of, uh, you know, keeping track of where we're at in our lives and our work and our social and our spiritual lives and doing this, this idea of a heat check, uh, because it's easy to get cooled off. And I think, uh, I think that's one of those things you talking about this, something that started right there at the beginning of the pandemic was this devotion is, um, we had so many things that got cooled off in our lives for the past two years. And there's some areas where, it's easy to get back into, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to say routine, but kind of heat back up a little bit with our jobs, sure. with going back to work and different things like sporting that. Sporting events. Sporting events as, as they kick back off. But our church lives and our spiritual lives sometimes can be the one that gets left in the dust in this area. They get pushed to the back burner. They do. They do. And we realize that um, we're, that's why I think this whole CPR thing is, is such a big deal is, um, Because it's not just a revival for us personally, but it's a revival for the church that's gone through a crazy thing in the last two years of this pandemic. Right. It's it's Easter time. And I mean, I look, you know me and I know you, we get hyped for Easter. It's just, it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. when you really stop and you think about that gift that was given at the cross and the Holy Week leading up to it. But there's a lot of people who aren't, connected back into the church no. uh, since the pandemic and it's a it's a national thing it's it might be a worldly thing but i just give a plea out to people and listen if you're listening to this if you're you, some of the people who listen to this on a weekly basis uh texting us where was last week's episode things <laughs> of that nature you know we're so grateful for you you know tuning mm-hmm. in and being a part of it but man, we gotta we gotta spread it out a little bit, you know. Share it some, uh, recommend it some. Not because we want bigger gathers, because I, I don't I have a clue how many people listen to this or how many yeah. times it's um, used. But what I do know is that the gospel needs to start to be told yeah. and remembered, and it's the time to do just that, you know. Here at Faith Community, we'd love to have you at any of our Holy Weeks, our Palm Sunday, our Good Friday, or Easter Sunday. But maybe you already have a church home, mm-hmm. and you just haven't got connected back for whatever reasons. You know, I encourage you to, to reconnect, uh, whether it's it's with us or with somewhere else. That mm-hmm. That's not what's vitally important to us, and I think God blesses that attitude it's that you're connected into somebody, your family's connected, because the, the world hasn't stopped. The evil one hasn't stopped. And as we've cooled off with our faith and spirituality in some respects, mm-hmm. it's heated that uh, sense up of, uh, you know, the challenges and of the obstacles we're facing. That's why we see anxiety. That's why we see mental illness. That's why we see struggling going on so much farther than than just this pandemic and it's because i believe the church is 
in a slumber right now, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things talking about being connected again. And um, the thing is, you're connected to things whether you realize it or not. And so many people, since they've removed themselves from being connected to the church, have become too connected with this world and this culture. Sure, you're way. worshiping something, yeah, whether it's are. God or not. And you're saying, well, no, 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 I, 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 I believe I, I went to church. If you're pouring your finances, if you're pouring your, your belief into something, you know, it's easy to become, an, it's easy to have an idol. Yeah. It might be a TV show. It might be something abstract. It might be a hobby. I don't know. But we all worship something. And, and our hope is that it's God and our faith, but a lot of times, unfortunately, it's something else. And when you're connected to things that aren't of God or not the church or things like that, and something happens in your life, you realize very quickly how disconnected you've become. And so when this devotion happened, I really focused in on kind of three things mm. that were just prevalent in that in that moment, in that period. And those those things, unfortunately, I think here two years later are just as prevalent, just as uh, impacting our lives. And, and the first one was that of anxiety. Mm. And I think that anxiety is quickly just taking us over. Uh, I was uh, meeting uh, with some people just today, and we were talking about some different challenges, conflicts, issues, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I used this illustration of like back in the day, uh, maybe early marriage and, and definitely before marriage, man, I, I, I love cars. I always have. Just, uh, you just do. I love to drive. I, everything. The car I have now, I bought specifically because it was a manual. And I found a newer <laughs> car that was a manual. And I'm like, sold. Because uh, I just love being connected to it. And that sounds crazy to some. And okay, maybe. But, you know, I used to wash my car all the time. I used to get together with buddies. And we would have days where we'd wash our cars, mm -hmm. wax them, clean them, you know, mm -hmm. make them shine, sit back and just, ah, look at that, you know. Um, and I remember, you know, I used to wash it with rags or cloths or uh, whatever you wanted to call it. And um, you would get water, soap in it, but then you would rinse it out and then you would twist it. And you know how you, you, you twist that to squeeze all that water out to, so that you could reuse it. Well, I feel like a lot of us during this pandemic, these stages of life, we've, we've taken our insides and we've twisted it, mm. you know, trying to mm. bring out everything that's not necessary and keep everything tight. And the problem is, is that we're no longer useful in a spiritual sense because our insides are so twisted up with anxiety, so twisted up with just uh, uh, fear, which is another one of our um, topics that is in the sermon. But anxiety is, is something that just it holds us captive. And, you know, I looked at the scripture from Matthew, and this was from the Amplified Bible, uh, which is not a version I usually ever turn to, but I just liked it. Maybe because in the subscript, the scripture, the, before the scripture, you'll have this like bold black, mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like the theme of what the scripture is about. It was the cure for anxiety. And I'm like, ooh, mm. a cure is something I want, mm -hmm. right? You know, anytime you hear that there's a new cure out, your your eyes perk up. I'm a diabetic. If somebody said there's a cure for diabetes, I'd be like, Where do I get on that list? Sign me sign up. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this said the cure for anxiety, and it said, Therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious. 
which goes on to describe it as perpetually uneasy and distracted. Mm. Keep that word distracted wow. in mind. Uh, it said, uh, worried or anxious about your life, uh, as to what you will eat or drink, nor as your body as what you will wear. Um, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Neither they sow uh, seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns. And yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they are? Mm. And who are you by worrying can add one hour of length to his life? Mm. And so we have this idea with anxiety, this perpetually uneasy feeling, distracted feeling. Now, looking at this from a spiritual sense, isn't that what the devil wants to do? Doesn't, doesn't he profit from you being uneasy and you being distracted? I know that, you know, we've all wrestled with anxiety in some form or fashion. Yeah, of course. And so it can eat at you. We, uh, um, such a true statement because that whole distracted thing, when you, even before you said, keep that word in mind, that was the first word that popped into my mind because Satan wants absolutely nothing more than for every single one of us to be distracted, be distracted by work, be distracted by sports, be distracted by politics, be distracted by, uh, our families at times. Now, now I don't mean to interrupt you, but sports, politics, what was the other one you used? Uh, uh, work, work. Yeah. Families, those are all good they things. Are. They're not bad, but I think it kind of is leading to your point that it can be twisted. Yeah, it certainly can. It can be twisted into uh, being something more. And like we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, you're worshiping something. You are absolutely worshiping something within your life. And a lot of times that anxiety is caused because we ended up we end up worshiping things a little more than we're worshiping God. And we're focused on the wrong things. We become distracted. And that's exactly where Satan wants to keep us and hold us as long as he possibly can to keep that anxiety built up. Because a lot of times we'll be like, I don't understand where all this, why I'm anxious about this and anxious about this and, and why I feel like this is messing up. And a lot of it's because we're distracted with the wrong things. We've become connected in the wrong areas. Instead of being connected to God, connected to Jesus, connected to the Holy Spirit, and connected to his church. Absolutely. And so throughout the message, I kind of tried to lay out this, this theme uh, leading to the cross mm. uh, because it is, you know, that time of the year. It should be that time all the time, but especially right now, you know, we're, we're, I feel like we're on this journey, of this Lenten journey, this Easter journey leading to the cross and I put to lay down your anxiety and pick up God's direction. Mm. And there are things that are going to direct our paths. There are things that are going to direct our actions, our words, our responses. And if anxiety is the one controlling us, we're going to respond in kind. Mm. So if that's what has a hold of us, then that's the way we're going to, to go. And so I think there's power when you understand the phrase, lay it at the foot of the cross, mm. you know, for so long we would say that we would sing that and we mean it, but we don't understand it. And to lay something down is to, to, to no longer carry it. We're, we're, we, we, 
We are real good at laying stuff down and praising Jesus for a minute. And then we pick it right back up. Yes, we do. And, you know, uh, I talked with somebody recently, and they were talking about, um, you know, how, how they battle anxiety and they battle fear, which is our next. Well, it's not our next. It's coming up in the message. but mm-hmm. And they go pretty regularly to uh, a masseuse, you know, to get massaged. And every time they go, they're like, the, the masseuse is like, what are you carrying? Because their shoulders and their neck and their mm. kind of the top of the head going into the back is always so tight. They're like, that's where you, that's, that's from like, you've been carrying something heavy. And it made me think about when I go on mission trips, I used to always carry a backpack and I like always having to be prepared. So I, I would load it down with mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And I always remember after carrying this backpack, all how my shoulders and neck and that exact area was so heavy. And so basically without physically carrying something, when you're so stressed out, you're so anxious, you're so uh, fearful that, that it's like you're just putting something, a backpack full of just lead weight, hauling it around. Basically, the same thing physically is happening to you. And we've got to learn to lay that stuff down and, mm. and not be so quick to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's such a good illustration to think about because we do that with so many different things. And, and you're right. We... When we come to church, and whether we come once a month or twice a month or we're here almost every Sunday, uh, we're really good about walking through these doors and taking it off as we come in. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, I feel like we never even lay it at the, at the foot of the cross. Instead, we're like, you know what? I'm going to take it off, leave it here in the car, and because I don't want to let go of this. I want to continue to hold on to this. And we try to let go of it for the hour, hour and a half or so. We're in here for coffee and other things. And then we get back to the car and what, would we, what do we immediately do? We immediately throw that back on. Sure. And carrying it and building upon it and adding more to it throughout the week. Well, you know, when you're here, the yoke is shared. Mm. And when you walk through a church door, whether it's here or somewhere else, hopefully it should be like this, I believe. That you know, you, you realize the burdens and struggles. Or you're, you're not alone, and and that's leading into our, the second point of the sermon was, you know, the devil wants you to feel like you're alone. Mm. The evil one wants you to feel like you're isolated, mm. and and that's one thing that the pandemic did in a heavy style, in a heavy way, is it disconnected people from other people, it disconnected people from the church. Now, churches did a great job of of trying to revamp and and stay connected. But it just wasn't the same. No. And I, I thought, you know, isolation is, is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And, and here's the power of God is that he can take isolation and he can transform it into something good for him. Mm-hmm. Because I, I use the word solitude in my sermon. Maybe you have a different word or a different way that you look at stuff. Isolation to me is bad. If I'm isolated, that means I'm pulled away from something. If I'm in solitude, that means I'm I might be physically alone, but I'm tuned in to something bigger and greater. And I know right now as our our world is in chaos, there's wars going on. There's, um, you know, inflation going on. There's gas prices. There's all these different medical, all these different things. It can just seem so overwhelming. And sometimes 
we literally need to unplug mm. and spend some time in solitude. Just connected to God. That's where all the commune comes in. You know, and, and we looked at Mark where it talked about Jesus immediately uh, made his disciples get to the boat, go ahead of him. And uh, he went out, sent the crowd away. And after bidding them farewell, he left to the mountain to pray. Mm. And you see this over and over again of how Jesus spent time, not in isolation, but in solitude to connect with his heavenly father, to, to re-energize and to, to lay down isolation and pick up God's direction. Mm. And, and Sunday, if you were there, you notice I had a box up there and I kept picking out every time I'd be, take out a Bible, mm -hmm. God's direction, God's direction. If you want to be directed to God, he gave you a way to do that. And, and we as the church need to remember that. It's funny when you say, when you want to be directed to God and connected with God, you know, we have the Bible that, um, and I made the, this uh, reference a few weeks ago with the, the marriage conference that we mm. had, how when, when they handed me that, that packet of paper that was my temperament, right? it's like somebody handed me a manual to myself. And I'm like, man, what, what this would have been like if, if before we got married, we had these to be able to exchange, to learn a little more about each other. And then I think to myself, I'm like, that's exactly what God does with Scripture is God gave us a way to be connected with him at all the times and know him on a personal level, and yet we just put it to the side. Sure, we, we pick up a three-minute, you know, uh, clickbait video or something. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, and look, we all fall victim to that. Of course we do. We all, you know, get, get caught up in that trap. But if we could spend more time reading Scripture or more time listening to maybe some spiritual podcasts. And there's some good things out there. Yeah, there are some really good I mean, ones. there's us, of course, <laughs> but there's also some other, you know, not quite as good things out there. And I'm just kidding. Um, and so, you know, connect into something like that. And you, your soul starts to be fed. That's a way to spend solitude. Maybe spend, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes tuning into something else. You know, Martin Luther... And I've, I've mentioned this before to people, and it's, it's one of the things that I've studied a number of times over the years and heard most about is um, people asked him when it came to the Reformation, when it came to, to everything happened with the Protestant movement and, and all of that, asked him, like, what's the key to you being so connected with God? And his response was always the same. He's like, I spend three to four hours every day in silent prayer and devotion by myself with God. And like, we're talking about a man that stepped up and, and literally changed the course of the church for oh, yeah. forever. And um, the reason why he felt so connected is because he took time to be in solitude, like you're talking about, every single day. And I'm not even, we're not even talking about the fact you necessarily have to do three or four hours, but it, it needs to be some devoted time in order to be connected in the way that you should. Yeah, be. we're here in the Lenten season. That's why people should be giving up stuff, not to have a personal one-on-one -on -one challenge with themselves, but to to spend more time in God instead of spending time in whatever that thing mm -hmm. that they gave up was. And then last but not least was the, the idea of fear. Mm. Because when you have anxiety, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 
now you get to hear me uh, coming over my sinus infection. <laughs> when you have anxiety, when you have isolation, it, it produces fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a perfect breeding ground for fear. Just like our weather and pollen has been a perfect breeding ground for, <laughs> you know, the sinus infection that I've been battling. Um, and I use Psalm 34.4, which uh, reads, I sought the Lord um, on the authority of his word, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. A simple, simple verse. And um, I talked about how my wife's translation, when we did this devotion, now I looked it up. I went back and re-listened. To, I, I was... I was correct, even though we argued about she she had a different translation at the time now because now hers her translation of the Bible says I saw it. And so anyway, if you were at the service, you know what we're talking about here. <laughs> it wasn't a spat; it was just a uh, lively conversation. Anyway, um, but it said uh, I prayed to the Lord on the authority of His word, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And so, and th- it was neat to me because in this Psalm where it says I saw it. It actually, another translation translates that that's prayed. In mm-hmm. other words, if you're battling fear, you know, you, you got to seek God through prayer in his word. And, I mean, look, I've, I've been in the church for 23 or more years now. And prayer is something that always comes up. You know, I pray, you know, it's, it's always undervalued. It's just it's an undervalued habit and belief, but it's so valuable to us. And if we want to lay down our fear and pick up God's direction, then we've got to pray. Mm. We have to. We have a prayer tree here. If you ever visit us here at Faith Community Church, you walk in, you'll see a lighted tree with pieces of paper clipped to it, and those are prayer requests from different people in our in our uh, in our church. And you can grab one and take it and pray specifically for that person. Or if you have something, you can take a piece. of uh, there's a piece of paper there in a pen and write it down, hook it on the tree, and then somebody else gets that and prays for that uh, because we realize that praying is just so vital to us. And we ended the, the sermon with a, with a prayer that we, we prayed out together, and it was, Dear God, I need you. I'm humbly calling out to you. I'm tired of doing things my way. Help me to start doing things your way. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Fill this emptiness in me with your Holy Spirit. Make me whole, Lord. Help me to trust you. Help me to love you. Help me to live for you. Help me to understand your grace, your mercy, and your peace. Thank you, Lord, on then. And, and we read that kind of out loud together as a church. And we talked about salvation for a minute because having that relationship with God and trust that we have a way to battle anxiety. We have a way to battle isolation and we have a way to battle fear. You know, when it comes to prayer, it's something that um, I tell people all the time as, as Christians, like prayer is not an optional thing. Prayer is not a spiritual gift. Prayer is not, prayer is an essential part of your faith. Mm-hmm. And that scripture and song and points out directly, like if, if you want to get through some of these fears and stuff and some of the fears that the anxiety and isolation have caused in the last couple of years, even more so for so many people, the only way to do that is to seek God in prayer, as that passage talked about. Absolutely. And um, But so often we, we try to seek it in other ways, 
we don't really ever spend a lot of time in prayer. And, um, and when we do spend a time, time in prayer, we spend it of, oh, okay, here, God, here's what I need. We kind of go with this list of things and never spend time actually really conversing with God. I call it, um, for, for better or for worse, like Christmas prayer. Oh, yeah. Here's my, here's my wish list. <laughs> exactly. And God, if you could handle some of this, I'd be grateful, you know. And we, we, and that's not bad. I mean, look, there's, there's a growth status to us all. Our, mm-hmm. our theme here is uh, to know, to, to grow and to go in, in our Heavenly Father. And, and there's a development upon that. But sooner or later, we have to deepen our prayer to being um, also listening and rather than just speaking. So anyway, that was uh, the heat check. Awesome. <clears throat> where we did that. And, uh, you know, now March Madness is done. We're well, man, in, in heat, April. Heat check. That was a good time to do it, too, because it was right at two years post-pandemic. It was. starting. It was right um, at it. And, and being able to think about, man, what anxiety, isolation, and fear am I still carrying uh, that I need a little CPR from? Mm-hmm. I need some time to commune with God, to pray, and to repent. Um, which kind of leads us into the, the series we've got coming up starting um, here this week for Holy Week. Yes, just in a few short days. We've got our, our Come Alive series that's going to be happening on... Um, Palm Sunday at 1030 with, with 10 o'clock us having coffee and stuff and, and Good Friday at 630 as well as on Easter Sunday uh, to join us that morning as well. And um, not to mention this Sunday with our Come Alive series going, we're also kind of celebrating uh, three years. Absolutely. Uh, it works out so well that Palm Sunday as Jesus was entering Jerusalem People were celebrating and cheering and, exactly. you know, that we're going to have a celebration of our own, of, of what God's done through Faith Community Church and how he's been with us over these past three years. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to have food because when you celebrate, you got to eat. Yep. And so, and, and nobody needs to bring anything. The church is providing it. So if you're a visitor and you're listening to this, or if you're a regular who listens and inviting somebody or something like that, tell them to come on. You know, we're going to have hamburgers, hot dogs. We'll have some veg- some vegetarian options as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, plenty of uh, food and drink to just come and to, to celebrate with one another. And we'll have uh, um, kind of a an indoor variation on egg hunt stuff. We've got some cool games that are planned for the kids to do an, an egg hunt together. And we'll have that broken up into different age groups. Yeah. Kind of throughout the right after church where you come in a different time slot. Uh, out front here, we're going to have an inflatable and a dunk tank, uh, which I know myself will be in there, and we'll, I'm sure we'll have others taking turns getting in there to, to have a chance to come and dunk us. Sure. Um, and uh, as well as, um, what else was I going to mention? I don't remember. We'll have games out. Cornhole games, can Cornhole Can Jam. We'll have some TVs uh, going because we got the Masters going on. I was thinking the Atlanta same Atlanta United is going to be uh, kicking off, I think, uh, uh, sometime in that time frame where we'll be there. And so, you know, we're, it's going to be. baseball is happening. Baseball is. I'm going to the game tonight. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. And the last thing I want to mention as well, that's a part of that, is we're going to have some clipboards out for you to have a chance to sign up for life groups. 
And what we, what I consider life groups is this is a chance for you to sign up and kind of get into Bible study and get to know other people in and throughout our church and community um, and get connected more with them. So that way, and a lot of times it's people that are going through some of the same things you're going through. Sure. And we're going to have specialty groups as well. Mm-hmm. And we're looking uh, at kicking back off right here uh, in the upcoming weeks, a Wednesday night uh, Bible study option, because that's been uh, requested. So, hey, it's going to be a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that'll all be kind of jumping off and we'll hit it even more on Sunday. But we're excited to have you guys come to Come for coffee starting at 10 o'clock, service at 1030, and then stay right after. Don't plan on going anywhere uh, because we'll have food and everything ready for us as we begin to come alive together again. Amen. Look forward to seeing you guys then. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. See you guys soon.